Hi everyone, it's Dominic from the MS Guide. I'm here with Anne Van Orbeck and everything will become clear in a second because if you remember the video I did recently with the Belgian neurologist called Bart and it's in been incredibly popular because frankly his view on things is how it ought to be but mostly how it's not. But Anne is actually his PA but we were chatting away and got on and decided that we were going to record a podcast about mobility. But before we get into this, really quickly, guys, this is a free resource. I do it all off my own back. So if you can click the super thanks button, subscribe on Patreon, because it costs you less than a cup of coffee a month if you subscribe and you're supporting the channel because it's patient supported. So um, I can't really charge my guests, but otherwise I'd be asking Anne. Anyhow, guys, Anne, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks. And tell us a bit about yourself, because if you're not watching this, you can't see Anne's actually in a wheelchair, aren't you? Yeah, it's true. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it looks like a pretty fancy one, too. Well, uh, it's kind of a sporty one. So It hasn't got the handles where people can grab it and take control of you and push you around, has it? Well, I have a lot of complaints about that because they are very, very low, so people can't reach them. So I had complaints about it, but right, right. I'm the I, one I've, I, a friend of mine, yeah, well, more than just a friend of mine, people who said they really object when you're in a wheelchair and people just grab it and start wheeling you around like an object because they've got the handles. Yeah. I don't know. It's like riding a bicycle and somebody grabs the steering wheel. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I can imagine. Anyway, I'm sorry I interrupt you because I'm always fascinated because frankly, it's geeky tech. Um, tell us a bit about yourself, how old you are, where you live, um, and, and essentially how it came to be that you are in a wheelchair and we're going to talk about mobility issues and about essentially losing your mobility because mm -hmm. you were very active, weren't you? Still are. Yeah. But then in I'm a not... different way. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, but tell, tell us about stuff. Um, well, uh, I'm 44 years old, um, I'm living in Belgium, um, so, uh, it's, um, 100 kilometers from Brussels and I was diagnosed in, uh, 2005. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was quite a surprise. Um, I didn't realize. <laughs> I think it's for everybody. <laughs> yeah, but I, I. I felt rather fine. I just thought it was a problem with my knee. Mm -hmm. And I would go in hospital and would leave the hospital the same day. So, so it I, was leg problems, essentially. When you say you think it was... Well... Was MS affecting your legs that early on? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm not the most elegant mm -hmm. person in the world, so I was already stumbling out a lot tripping over things um so uh, i was wearing high heels all the time and uh i wasn't that yeah, i find them tricky <laughs> and um yeah it was it was really a big surprise for me yeah yeah so and roughly how long between having your first issue of any kind and ending up with this sort of piece of paper that says you've got ms i mean how long was that whole process from problem to sort of a, a name for it? Well, I think I had my knee problems, but I was uh, 
um, jogging. Uh, mm -hmm. I used to jog and um, I had a knee problem. That was, uh, that was true. I had a knee mm -hmm. problem, but they focused so much on the knee that they look, they didn't look any further. So when I was telling them, I can't feel my lower leg anymore. And so, oh, well, it's, it's normal. It, it, you, well, with the knee, it's, it's kind of, when it's very swollen, it's, it's, it's normal. Don't, don't worry. You're, you worry a lot. Don't stress about it and be calm. Mm. I am Did they calm. pat you on the head as well? Go there, there. Nearly. <laughs> oh, God. So, and yeah. I was. See, women get this treatment far more than men. They get the there, there, you know, da, da, da. You know, whereas I think the assumption certainly here is by the time a man ends up in hospital, I've got a friend who runs an A&E department, and she said, when a farmer turns up, they drop everything. She said, because a farmer's arm has to be hanging off before they even go to seek medical treatment. You know, there he was, I'll tape it up. It'll be fine. I'll get on with it. Yeah, so, but, but you know, but when a woman turns up, it's like, oh, she's probably complaining a bit. Oh, trauma queen. Oh, she's, uh, oh, she's overacting. So I, yeah. I, I went back home. But it got worse, and um, I couldn't feel my my leg after I think two or two months, three months. Uh, I went back to the doctor. I told him, and he said, um, uh, "Don't you want to work anymore? Do you want to do you want to stay at home?" No, I'm drama queen. Drama queen overacting all the drama for nothing. Yeah. Uh, Are you looking for a medical note? We call it sick note here, you know? Do, do you want me to sign you off sick? There you go. Do you want to, to lie on the couch all day, the entire day? So I went back home. I was I was feeling silly and um, embarrassed also. So I yes. didn't talk to talk about it anymore. And um six months uh, after six months i had this very weird feeling um so i went to another doctor and uh, the same day i was visiting a neurologist um i had a puncture and i had the yeah. news and it was yeah. it hit me i was completely surprised um and he said there were three op options so it could be a tumor um, it could be, um, um, how do you say, uh, uh, head, um, head injury or no, um, hemorrhage or I'm... back problem, back problem, oh, sciatica um, or yeah, something, or, yeah, or, or it could be MS. I was saying, please hurry I this, up. I don't have I love this. this. I need to work. I love this casual way they say this. A friend of mine went for a scan at his very early stages and said, and the doctor said, Oh, there's lesions. We're going to look into them more. And just before he fed him into the scanner, my friend goes, so what could it be? And he went, oh, it could be cancer or something. And my friend said he was just slid into the scanner going, I'm going to die of cancer. You know, and, and it's just you know, this throwaway comment from the doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and it's landed with the patient who's frankly going, holy crap. You know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I got a, so I got a bunch of, I was waiting. And I was really thinking, I don't have time for this. So hurry up so I can go home. And he came back and he said, well, I have some good news. And I thought, of course, well, there is, there, 
this is really a big problem. And he said, it's a mess. And I, that, that's the good news, is it? And I didn't really knew what a mess was all about. I didn't really knew it. So um, I said, okay, so why is it good news? And he said, because it isn't cancer. And I said, oh, okay. Um, and then he explains that, um, well, you will be fine for the next 20 years. There will be hardly any problems. Um, so, and oh, I'm always very positive. So I was thinking, well, okay, then. Well, well, I am fine. Well, okay, it's not that big a problem. Um, so I went home and I quickly worsened a lot. It got worse. And I was in and out of the hospital all the time, all the time. Uh, Can I just stop you for a second? I was speaking to another doctor who's not a neurologist. He actually looks at behavioral stuff for the way doctors do process and stuff. And and he said, doctors are terrible in the sense they, they love to be good news guys. You know, so it's not that bad. And, you know, let's just rewind. This is a chronic, incurable, progressively disabling illness. But it's not that bad. And what they mean is, you're not going to die right now, or it may not be an accelerated death. Your life may be ruined, or when I say ruined, I mean fundamentally changed, and different people adapt to it. I mean, I don't know if you have your dark moments. I think we all do, but you seem quite happy. I'd be, if you took me from now and put me yeah. in a wheelchair, I'd be pretty pissed off. Well, yeah. if you would have told me 18 years ago, uh, I don't know how I would have reacted but really? now it kind of, uh, well, and that's the problem with the mobility issue. Um, mm. I went into a stage where, uh, a phase where I was happy, where it was a relief to cut, to get the wheelchair because, uh, but then I have to, uh, start at the beginning. Uh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm just so always stunned by this. It's not taken seriously in the sense that just because you're not going to die right now, nobody looks and says, here, let's look at 20 years' time, how mm. this might affect you. Not, oh, you'll be fine in 20 What they mean is I won't have to look you in the eye in 20 years' time. Mm -hmm. And so whatever I say to you now or whatever I do or don't do, I won't have to sort of look into it and think there's my choices and decisions confronting me. And they... Uh... Also, they don't like to say, we don't know. We don't know. No, no. They yeah, don't you're right. It. They just don't want to say it. We don't well, know. Look at your first time. We have a phrase in English. If your only tool is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, I'll bet you anything your first time around, those doctors are trying to fit everything to do with your leg into their view of the world, maybe orthopedics or emergency medicine. I don't know. But... Neurology. The second time around, at least the doctor had the sort of wherewithal to go, I think this is a neurological issue. Mm -hmm. And then you were in front of a neurologist and bosh, you've got an MS diagnosis. It's like stress. Every doctor, when they can't find the problem, they say, well, it's probably stress. You have to. <laughs> yeah. But it is. Uh, it's like, it is now. Now that you can't find the problem and you're blaming it on stress, now I'm stressed. <laughs> Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I, I keep interrupting because there's these things you say which trigger off, I think, some of the things which are real issues for many patients. And I think 
ways that doctors might look at their own practice and think, you know, how will I go about, say, communicating this? The ease with which I say, well, it's, you know, it's not cancer or it's MS, that's good news. Or, you know, the fact is that the big difference is when I was diagnosed in 1993 and when you were diagnosed, there was... With me, there was no drugs. With you, there was very few. But these days, you've, they've got this plethora of drugs, which they could say to somebody, essentially, I'm trying to stop you, to the best of my ability, mm -hmm. deteriorating that quickly. Because you yeah. told me something interesting between neurologists. I mean, go on, tell us this whole sort of in the wheelchair and out of the wheelchair thing. I was stunned. Yeah, it was... It was <laughs> from the start on, I was... Well, I lost kind of my uh, right leg, so it was too late uh, to come back. Um, and um, uh, uh, it never really recovered. Um, and um, first, this first, I will, let me see, the first two years, I think, uh, it was possible to walk in a kind of normal way. Um, and, uh, afterwards, I think it was in 2000, uh, 2006, yeah, 2006, I needed, uh, one crutch, um, to walk and to not, uh, always trip over things, but I, I thought it was awful. I needed, so everybody could see something was wrong because, uh, when you when you're when you stumble, it isn't that abnormal. But when you have a crutch, and everybody asks, "Oh, what 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 happened? What's what's the problem?" I think it's kind of a weird question to just ask anybody. Um, and I don't. I like remember when my wife was pregnant, people wanted to touch her tummy, and she's like, "I'm going to break the hand of the next person." It was like suddenly become public property, don't you? Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. And um, I used the one crutch for, I think, a year. I think a year. But I mm. fell a lot. Um, and it was very tiring walking with one crutch. And um, the doctor always kept keep telling me, oh, well, you need two crutches. Well, you're going to need two crutches. But I wasn't ready for it because... What, what do you mean when you say it wasn't in your mind? Yeah. You, you Okay, yeah. yeah. Because was that like giving up? Was that like accepting another level of sort of disability, should we say? Or... Yeah, you always need to adapt to a new situation. And I wasn't ready to adapt to the because it was going so fast. And mm. I thought, well, maybe if I take the second crutch, I become lazy in a way that I won't be able to practice the other leg anymore or less. So I refused to take the second crutch. And also because I wasn't going to be able to use my hands anymore to open a door, to take things because I needed to, um, to, uh, to hold the two crutches. So it was a very big step. Um, for a while, I refused to do it. Um, it's giving up, isn't it? In my head, I always think yes, I have a cane no, which I barely no. use because I feel like I'm giving up. You know, I've given into it, and it's I'm damned if I'm going to let it get the better of me. Yes, and you realize there's no way back. 
you will one if you go too far three. down that it's almost like I, I i there's times when i just refuse to use my cane yeah once you have um accepted the first one or the second one you know it will be more or less forever sometimes you have uh, um, um an awful uh, time, an awful period, and, and it comes back and it's okay. So that's fine. But when I accepted the first one, I knew because my leg was so bad, I knew I was forced to keep on holding it forever. I, I knew it was going to be like that. So it was very hard. I was very... I was in my 20s, I wasn't ready, and I was uh, always thinking, well, the neurologist didn't tell me that. I didn't know this was going to happen. And um, all the rest, the, the, uh, the moments... Can, can we pull back a bit? So often, certainly in the UK, the neurologist, I mean, an MS nurse thing, in the sense that somebody who says to you, and, you know, I can see that you're starting to rely on a crutch, you know, and realizing that there's going to be these mental issues going on that, you know, we don't know exactly know how Anne will do it and Dominic will do it and, and Bill will do it, you know, but the fact is they're all going to be affected probably because they're losing mobility and ability much earlier than you would expect. Mm -hmm. That's a psychological thing because I, you know, I have these constants that it's only just starting to happen to me, my right leg. You know, and I've had 31 years, so I just figure I've had a pretty good run of things. Mm -hmm. But it, it's it's just a mental thing. You see, I'm I'm 55. It's just, I can now be a cynic if I have a cane. You know, nobody asks me what happened because I just look at them and go, "Well, it was it was it was a bad shrapnel wound," and um, you know, just that that should shut them up or say, "Well, I can't talk about yeah," but or it's the war or something, but. It parts like the Red Sea. If you're a certain age and you're a male, I'm obviously not an old man yet, but when you've got a cane, public transport, bang, people are jumping up and down going, would you like my seat? Would you like my seat? And I'm going, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just standing here. And the best thing, I went to Ectrim, it's a medical conference, and mm -hmm. I used to travel a lot on, on planes for work. And, you know, it's just there's always a scrum getting on the plane and all this kind of stuff. And unless you've got sort of executive cards or whatever, where you can cut the queue. But my God, you turn up with a cane and they single you out and go, Mr. Shabble, would you like to come forward and board first? And you're going, oh, this is fantastic. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> and I just feel cynical because I think if you want to make assumptions about my inability to do things, you know, because you see a cane, mm -hmm. it's not my problem. I'm not faking it. You, you decided that. So I will take advantage of it. Thank you. Yeah, but I, th I think it's different. You know, my 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 twenty one year old daughter, who's not got MS, you know, but she's like, "Daddy, you're such a cynic." And I'm going, "Hey, you know, I've got MS. I'll, I'll take my little wins where I can." Well, I have the same thing with the wheelchair. So when I'm at concert festival, <laughs> and there, uh, and I have um, more room, uh, more uh, space. Uh, <laughs> you're not being surrounded at your Pearl Jam concerts by like <laughs> tons of people. Correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I happen to know Anne's a Pearl Jam fan, so it's uh, we were chatting about you know Smashing Pumpkins, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Smashing yeah. Pumpkins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nirvana. Go and say Nirvana. Yes. 
yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, but but back to this. So you you're fighting this mental battle essentially, and this is what I want to bring out in this discussion is, I guess how you handle it. I mean, it's just I can't really comment on it because I'm at the very beginning of this, should we say? Whereas, how do you deal with it? You know, that you're going from one to two and you can't open doors. And then it's, you know, you're what, 20 or 30 or like in you know, 20s or 30s. Yeah, and you can't carry bags and stuff as easily. And yeah, the, everything's as, slow time. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, um, your cane drops in a store and you're standing there uh, losing your balance and you need to hold, grab something to not just fall on the floor and people and my you're hoping people will take the cane take a crutch and, and give it to you because you can't yeah. grab it yourself so you're it's it's a feeling and of they don't help. know what to do and everyone's looking at you and you're the center of attention now whether you want to be or not because they're all going oh look at the cripple they're about to take a dive yeah 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 and um it's um uh, well it's it's hard to take as when you're in your late twenties, early thirties, you're not prepared mm. for something like this. And it's cringy, uh, isn't it? It's like you if you wanted to be that, you'd be Taylor Swift, but you're not. You know? So it's just you know, but the center I, of attention I, thing. Yeah, but I used to stay home a lot because I so didn't that, that you me. ended up staying home more because you Absolutely. didn't want to face the whole yes. see this is it. So because I was, uh, or I was thinking, well, it has stairs, or well, um, um, I need to open the door. Well, I'm just gonna stay at home. Um, Things you never think about before, you know, you never never crosses your mind, does it? When well, when it's not well, a problem. No. Or, or for instance, uh, well, I will need to carry that. So no, I'm just gonna stay at home. Um, mm. Or when I know you have to enter uh, a building where there are a lot of people and they all look at you, um, well, I I was kind of avoiding that, so I didn't want um, to be confronted with um, the disability. I wasn't well. You are never prepared for that. It's always you need that resilience. And um, I think that is the most difficult part of MS for me, um, that you always have to adapt to another situation. And you never know what tomorrow brings. You never know what today brings. And um, well, well, now you could say that you could say that for life in some ways. I was thinking, you know, I, I joked with people. I said, well, you know, I could get run down by a bus tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it, and it might be nothing to do with my MS unless and I'm not quick enough crossing the road. Yeah, and you won't need a cane anymore. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. What I would say is it suddenly becomes somebody else's problem. <laughs> okay, yeah. if I'm dead, it's someone else's problem. But it's um, but you were saying also the medication neurologists because you went essentially into a wheelchair in round one, didn't you? Well, after four years, yeah, after four years, uh, four years after my diagnosis, I I was in a wheelchair. But they were saying to me, the doctor was saying to me a year earlier, well, you need a wheelchair. 
and I was refusing it all the time. No, I don't. No, I don't. I yeah. just need my canes. I just need my crutches and I will be fine. No, it's, I'm not giving up. No, I will not because I knew that when I was going to use a wheelchair, it was going for going to be forever. Uh, I have to. Yeah, I, I had that feeling. So yeah. uh, you have people who have bad, uh, bad weeks or, and they just need a wheelchair for a while. But I knew, uh, like I had first, I had one crutch then two crutches that I was going to use, need the wheelchair forever. What so drugs I, were you getting? Were you put on any drugs? Uh, well, I had, um, um, uh, you know, it's, uh, um, yeah. Yep. Lucent, the muscle. But no, that's not for your MS. That's not like a DMT. Like no. I don't know, the yeah, Ariba octopus. Yeah, I had um, the interferons. Uh, right. Getting, yeah. but I was allergic to them. Very. Right. I got in the hospital. I couldn't use them anymore. I couldn't be treated. So did they give you Copaxone? Did they try it with that? The other injectable, the really old one. Same results. Yeah. Right. I also had an allergy, and then uh, I was. I got a lot of uh, cortisone, a lot, a lot of cortisone. I mean, by a lot, it was 20 grams for one year. So it was a lot. Yeah, I gained. Oh, did, did you, I was, could you sleep? No, my head was terrible. I was swollen. I was, uh, I gained 13 kilograms. So I was swollen. I was, it, it felt sleep up. deprived. Yeah, swollen and sleep deprived. Headaches, yeah, hungry all the time. So yeah, it was time. And then they stopped because it, it became a problem. Well, and you get used to it. It's no longer as effective. No, yeah. And then I got on, uh, then they said, well, we cannot treat you anymore. We don't know what to do anymore. So they um, um, sent me to another hospital. Um, Hang on, um, how did that make you feel when you're that age? And they say, we can't do anything anymore. So you gain 13 kilograms, which if you think in pounds, um, that's 2.2 uh, uh, pounds per kilogram. So that's, um, what is that, it's 26, uh, it's about 30 pounds. Yeah. And there's not a lot of you. So if you gain 30 pounds, it must have been quite noticeable. Yeah, it's, yeah. And it, it felt terrible. And I, at first I thought it was fat. <laughs> So I didn't know it was uh, it was um, uh, water that was yeah, water retention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Nobody told me that. That and you're a young woman and you're very body conscious and image conscious, and all of a sudden that's happened. Yeah, yeah. And when I lost it, I lost it over two nights. I was <laughs> terrible. It felt terrible. I was so sick. I was so sick because my body couldn't follow that that rapid that that fast and uh, yeah. afterwards I, I heard in the hospital that it was dangerous you could die from it you could have a heart attack um by losing that much weight in two nights so i didn't know i, I, I love that you might die from mistreatment but not from ers yes <laughs> so okay so they move you to another hospital you are at what age now uh, in your 30s it was, uh, I think it was to 2006. So it was one year after. 
Oh, wow. So that far. So one year to one, one, one crutch, two thing. crutches, wheelchair. No, and then in a wheelchair then I was using the right. crutches, but I wasn't in a wheelchair then. Right. Okay. But they were telling me you will need a wheelchair. And I said, no, right. I don't. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then I got to the, to the <laughs> other hospital and they said, well, it's quite a problem. So we only have one solution and that is uh, mitoxazrona. Do you know yeah. it? It's, um, yeah. it's not yeah. an I can't say even probably, yeah. No, but it's uh, it's considered, it's used off-label here by some neurologists. It's considered quite effective. Yes, but it, yeah. it, it's, um, they were they were advising me to uh, take it two years. And they said, well, but you have quite a chance of dying. One out of two. So I said, oh, well. 50-50, flip a coin. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I said, well, do I have another choice? And she said, well. Uh, it's not looking that real. It's not looking that good. So there is no other treatment right now. So I accepted. Then I said, "Well, let's start next week." Then just but I was the two years after. I was so sick. I was. Mm. Uh, it was my stomach was very. I couldn't eat properly. I uh, lost a lot of weight. I was um, very skinny. Um, so you're, you've 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 done this huge weight thing, but also I think that speaks to MS patients' attitude to risk. I personally think many of the neurologists and stuff look at risk through their lens, you know. But when somebody says to you, Anne, you've got a fifty-fifty chance here, flip a coin, and you're still thinking, do you know what? I've been through hell, you know, various crutches, wheelchairs, whatever. I'll take that chance because you want to do anything you can. It's yeah. it's poor odds, but you are willing to take them to, you know, potentially improve your future. Yeah, because what was the alternative? Uh, there was exactly. no real, there was no good alternative. So You I... were given the choice and you were told it. Um, many, many people, the doctors think, oh, well, that's a bit of a risky drug. And they don't even tell the patient. So the patient doesn't get the chance to go, no way in hell am I going to do that? Or yes, I'll, I'll do well, that. I needed to sign something. Uh, I needed to sign yeah. a document. So um, tell I had it. to sign something with Lemtrada, but it's just like, yeah, you know what? Anyway, moving on, you know, and I signed it as quick as I could because as far as I'm concerned, it had to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, yeah. I got into the wheelchair. Um and uh, I, I'm thinking if it was during Novantrona, um, no, it was afterwards. Uh, after the two years of Novantrona, I got in, in a wheelchair and um, I was really fighting it. It was, I was always hoping that it would uh, change, that it was, that my legs were going to get better, that there was some uh, drug that might pop up and 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 um so but it became very difficult it became very tiring and i mm. was uh always i noticed that i was um putting things off because i wasn't because it was that hard using the crutches and because i was falling a lot and i w wouldn't want to take the risk anymore of walking um and then I decided to get the wheelchair. 
it was a very hard decision. But when it arrived, um, I didn't want to use it in public, only at home. But it was a relief. It was, I got some kind of freedom because I was able to go anywhere um, and I need, didn't need to postpone things or because I, uh, there wasn't any risk of falling. Um, I was safe. You carry bags on it and freeze your hands up, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's, you know. I could, I could do a whole lot more um, than I was able to do with the crutches, with the canes. So, but I was embarrassed. And I don't want to use it um, um, when I went anywhere. So I was um, staying at home all the time. I didn't want to go anywhere. Um, and then it was step by step. Um, then I went places where a few people um, were going or people I didn't know. Um, that was the first step. So it came gradually. Um, afterwards, I agreed to um, show up at places where I knew people. And I first told them, um, texted them, well, I'm in a wheelchair, uh, so you know. And because otherwise they were staring at you all the time. Um, I was saying that's a measure of friends, because you know a true friend who doesn't care one way or the other. If it's a problem for somebody, then at least I know I don't want to keep them on my friends list, should we say, because you know, if, if my yeah. wheelchair is their problem, yeah, but at least we've identified it. It's, it's kind of flushed out the bigots or the uh, the prejudiced people because then now I can just like mark them off the list. Well, yeah. I, I I could understand it in some way because if I wasn't in a wheelchair and I had a friend in a wheelchair, I would be staring also because I am not used to see people in wheelchairs. Nowadays, it's sure. more common, but then 10, 20 years ago, it wasn't that common and um, I would not to be uh, nosy or impolite, but I wasn't, I can't imagine people staring and I don't think it's impolite, but I lost right. also friends. I have to admit, I lost friends because they avoided me. So yeah. they, uh, well, that, that tells you, about the. I don't know. I've got this view that you like somebody for who they are, not their sort of accoutrements of their wheelchair or not or right. cane or not you know so that's what i mean it kind of flushes out those ones who you thought they were your friend and sometimes it's quite surprising and hurtful but at least you know that if that's their issue and they can't cope with something as simple as that then you probably don't want them around for when something serious happens <laughs> yeah true and yeah. you've got some new friends in return real yeah yeah, yeah. and i yeah. i noticed uh, people telling me well, you are just the same man as you were 20 years ago. Well, of course I am. <laughs> and at that point, it's, it is just a wheelchair. I don't so, like to say it in, in, um, in other ways, uh, like um, instead of walking or using crutches, it's not just a wheelchair. But uh, yeah. from the point of view, um, seeing a person as a person, it is just a wheelchair. It is the same person only sitting all the time. Mm. And that's what people need to realize that you don't change. I can imagine people changing, becoming bitter or not willing to accept the wheelchair. And I completely understand because it's very hard. 
but um uh, and i'm gonna have to stop you a sec i'm sorry folks domestic life is intervening i have an alexa and it's decided to set off an alarm and all i can hear through my headphones in the background i know it'll be picking it up on the recording let me go turn off the alexa alarm i'm just going to yell at it now so give me a sec <laughs> You know what that's for, that alarm? It's for my drugs, because I'm on a drug trial, and I take it every Wednesday. So I've had to put the alarm on to uh, take it. Is it Wednesday today? Uh, yeah. Yes, it's Valentine's yeah, okay. Day. Yeah. yeah, oh, Anne, I'm so sorry. You didn't get your card. I'm so sorry. And, no. Uh, no, yeah, I yeah, didn't. Yeah. yeah, so it's... Um, but... Uh, <laughs> I love this. Having to yell at Alexa because it's reminding you to take drugs because you've got MS and you're on a drug trial and you're having an interview with somebody and all I can hear in the background is, you know, dee 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 dee. It's like you were talking to your dog. Alexa, stop. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This one doesn't try and hump my leg though. So it's, uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, but uh, tell me, I, I'm not sure. We were talking earlier and. I got the impression, I don't know if I got the wrong end of the stick, that when you changed neurologists, when you started being given different, more effective medication, you were up out of you, you were less reliant on your wheelchair. Is that correct? I mean, you know, this I think is a big thing. Yeah, it's a change. And also psychologically, you think, bloody hell, what was happening? You know, is that, is, did I understand that right? Yeah, but there were, eight years in between, eight, nine years in between. Yeah. So, so you essentially gradually declined over, over eight or nine years to the point where you were in the wheelchair and you've gone, okay, this isn't so bad. And uh, it makes my life easier in some ways. Then yes. you changed neurologists. Yeah, because I was um, a very supportive kind of person mm -hmm. in the past. And yeah. I still wanted to keep doing anything. Um, yeah. But I was just in a wheelchair, um, taking uh, medication. Uh, our in, um, doctor didn't give me any treatment after the methoxandrolona, so I was just feeling helpless, feeling uh, like they have given up on me, uh -huh. like, like. Helpless. They're being nice and patting you on the back, but they're not actually doing anything anymore. It's no, a bit like, oh, well, we, we just have to watch and decline. I was worrying and I wanted to do something. I'm active. I'm positive. Um, I'm, I'm willing to do anything. So I went to um, Professor Ronemius. Um, this is Bart. This is Professor Bart, whose yeah. surname I can't say, but you can. And it's just... Um, not, not that I don't want to say. I just really can't pronounce it properly. It's a very difficult name. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So I introduced oh. him and I said, "Explain to people how to say this," because <laughs> I thought I just can't. <laughs> you, Van Orbeek, I can cope with, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's completely. So you, you went to see him. Uh, so you, I was, you went to see I was so surprised. Right. It, the first time we met, he was asking, "When was your last?" Uh, uh, scan when I said, well, it was in 2005. And he said, I can imagine his face. <laughs> you need a scan every year. And what yeah. about your vote potentials? And I said, my what? <laughs> I said, don't know. I, 
I don't know what you're talking about. And he said, and, and what was your blood like? Well, I think it's fine. I don't know. It's when you realize you've been shelved, essentially. You know? It's just, I mean, the feelings, there's the relief that somebody's taking this seriously. And then there's the, what the hell's been going on for the last six years? Say again? Yeah, but also the anger. Of, uh, why didn't I change eight years ago? Why I lost eight years. What could have happened in those eight years? So it in was... two days' time, I'm recording a podcast with somebody who's very knowledgeable in the field. But it's about, certainly in the UK, how to get a referral, what to do if you're not happy, how to change neurologists. Because the well, amount, I'm... you're not the first one. And frankly, I've kicked myself okay. sometimes. Thinking, why yeah. on earth did I try and get, I don't know, stem cells or something, you know, 15 years ago? But I've reconciled myself to the fact, but you, you are, it's, you're angry, aren't you? And you're pissed yeah, off at I was yourself. The, um, the what ifs. Um, and I didn't really know, but Bart told me that nobody could tell that, uh, that it's so impossible to to tell, to, to predict the future, it's impossible to do. So hmm. kind of um, reassured me uh, and calmed me down, but he suggested a new therapy. And I thought the first one was Anuxan. Um I got treated with Anuxan. Do you know uh, Anuxan? It's a heavy treatment. It's second line. It's a heavy treatment. It's It's almost third line. No, it's not the uh, second line. It's almost, it's, it's possible. Do you know the, as, do you know the sort of chemical name like alamtuzumab or ocalizumab no, or something? No, yeah. now I'm on alamtuzumab. Um, yeah. I'll look for it. Um, well, um, I, I, don't worry. I'm just curious because you know, every country's always got a couple of drugs that, that sort of they tend to use and other countries don't. So, because there's people cyclo think that cyclophosphamide, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that cyclophosphamide is is a drug that they use as part of the process yeah. in in stem cells. Is that that takes out your immune system prior to getting your yeah. stem cells back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And I was yeah. and uh, I was able to walk uh, between bars, uh, twenty meters. Well, like like the gymnast sort of bars, you know, the kind of you hold yourself up. But yeah. you weren't doing any yeah. stunt. You weren't doing any stunts. Uh, well, it was a stunt itself. Uh, <laughs> they had to, they had to, uh, um, they had to tell me no and just keep it uh, quiet, keep, keep calm, be calm. Uh, no, uh, it was, uh, but it was how quite a surprise. Feel when you're suddenly out of it, you know, you're suddenly bearing some weight on your legs and, and you think, you previously well, thought well, thing, never going to happen again. Well, the first thing I thought was, "Oh my God, I'm so tall! I forgot I was kind of tall." And uh, and uh, that was the first thing. Uh, looking at things from a different kind of point of view, uh, because it, I, I was thinking I, I was so tall. I can see mm. a whole lot more. Uh, it was, <laughs> and the feeling I got on my legs, I actually got a feeling. I felt my legs 
So your muscles must have been really wasted by then. I mean, in terms of strength, it must have been. Did you could you build up some strength, you know, back to sort of help support yourself in any way? Oh, well, it kind of made it easier to do my transfer from um, bed to wheelchair because I mm -hmm. uh, or toilet to wheelchair or shower to wheelchair because I was able to stand. Uh, and that's a big difference when you're able to stand or not. That's a very big difference. Um, it must liberating after all that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it gives you hope. And confidence, um, yeah. I was curious about what else is possible. So I was thinking, oh, oh uh, maybe I can will, um, maybe I will walk uh, all in just one more. I was, I was thinking so many things, but I was kind of surprising already that I could walk twenty meters between the bars. So, but I, when when that's possible. For me, there are no boundaries. I will, it's limitless for me. So I'll think, oh, well, maybe I just, maybe I can use a cane. Well, maybe, uh, maybe I, uh, after a year, I won't need a wheelchair anymore. So, that comes from within, doesn't it? That, that yeah. positive mental attitude to something is, I mean, I know exactly what you mean. And it, and it sort of frightens the medics around you where they went, calm down, calm down. You're going, no, 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 I'll give it a try. And, uh, you know, because you just want to, push it yeah i want so, to put the maximum and uh i exaggerated also i didn't know i didn't have any limits so i i always um fight till the end i always um mm. push my limits but not in a good way sometimes uh, at times in a good way, but sometimes it's uh, exaggerated and then, yeah. it, well, knocks me down. So uh, yeah. then I have to get back up again, uh, start all over again, um, start from the beginning again. And then I had COVID. Then came COVID. Uh, I, I mean, that was a big thing for you, wasn't it? I remember you telling me it is, you know, but back to, I've got a phrase that said, I want to die trying, you know, and, and it's... Uh, wow. You know, as, a, as opposed to, I'd, I'd rather have the bad things that happen, but know that I tried rather than I just sat mm -hmm. there and went, oh, well, sucks to be me. It's all over now. You know, and yeah. so, that, but you had, you had an awful time with COVID, didn't you? Uh, I got COVID uh, right from the beginning uh, when they didn't do a lot uh, from mm. COVID. And I just lost the um, right leg completely. Um, and a bit of the left leg also. So um, I was out for months. Um, so you've gone couldn't... from being able to do your walking on the bars to all of a sudden, now with COVID, your walking has been taken away from you and it's, really? it's sort of COVID working with the MS, should we say? Yeah. You know, they're working together. Yeah. You think it has an effect uh, on my MS? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. This is something of uh, you know much debate and no, discussion well, and study. Yeah, yeah, but but permanent effect on my MS. I do think so mm. because I really, really tried to get back up, and I just mm. I couldn't feel my legs anymore, or at least my right leg. I couldn't feel it anymore. So I was really trying to. Do you know where you try to sand 
the message from your brain to your leg. You keep looking at your leg and you think, lift it, lift it, but but it won't it will won't do anything. So I had the weirdest thing. Have you ever had a nerve block? I broke my right femur on a bicycle and I had a big operation, but they gave me a nerve block, which I, you know, I mean, it is just like it says on the tin, it blocks all the sensation. And I could have put a drill into my leg, you know, and it didn't matter what I wanted it to do. The only way it was moving was if I took my hands and put it under it and moved it because it was essentially a big lump of meat attached to my body. That's how I do it now. Yeah, that's yeah. how I do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really shocking. Yeah. You don't get it. I don't know when when it suddenly goes from one moment you're fine to the next moment you, you don't decline, you know. But then no. the COVID hit you and it no. just happened. It was like bang, wasn't it? It was just like my yeah. life. What happened? Yeah, I was frustrated. I was angry. I thought it was so unfair because I was yes. uh, training a lot. I was training a lot. It was going very well. Um, I didn't. I got kind of like a present um, walking between the bars and I didn't want to lose it again. I don't want to lose Somebody's it again. Somebody's taking your toy away. <laughs> it's like, here's yeah. a really fun toy when you're yeah. a kid. Now you can't have it. Yeah. Yeah. But so, it's, it's, uh, it's even worse. It was, it was the second time um, I was losing it. So um, yeah. Yeah. I knew that was, the it was Yeah. And I was very angry and, and I was fighting, uh, I think, even harder than the first time. I didn't want to lose my leg again. Um, but then I got COVID a second time. And it even, uh, no, I, no, it didn't hit, hit me harder. But, you know what they uh, say, and the first time is unfortunate, the second time is careless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's, it's the thing, MS and COVID, it's, it's like we So If people are... can't see, we're joking with one another. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this, I'm not being that All horrible. <laughs> he's not that No, mean. I just had this vision of somebody listening to it going, oh, but he's a bastard. Really yeah, and uh, afterwards I had a third time, uh, uh, COVID and- Three, that's the... reckless. Yes, uh, living the, living on the edge. Yeah, yeah. And, you know what they say: uh, November, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much room. Yeah. <laughs> well, I rather have the room then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so but back I, away from the edge. Last year in um, November, I got COVID the fourth time, so now I lost uh, both my legs completely. You're so a COVID I, magnet, aren't you? Yeah, I know everything about it. But do, I mean, I in all seriousness, given that you're not out... I don't need out, those tests. I know it already. Yeah, but it, given that you're not out finding somebody who's coughing and giving them a big kiss every time, you know, getting COVID four times is quite the, I wouldn't say achievement, but it's, um, you know, do you, do you know why? I mean, was there, you know, are you particularly susceptible? Is your immune system really knackered from the cyclophosphamide or... You know, now I'm on clonazumab. Um, right. Okay. So it's um, it's kind of good, yeah, your immune system. Goodbye, B cells. Yeah. So I had it's, it it's when like, I came off it. It took seventy-two weeks to get a single B cell back. 
Yeah, I, I don't think I have any B cells left in my body. Um, yeah. But yeah. it works. Yeah, they've moved, they've but... moved house, haven't they? They've gone, they've gone somewhere else. <laughs> they've just left a vacant. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad it exists and I'm glad I yeah. can be treated well. But um, you are very vulnerable for um, viruses. Um, so you need to be more careful. But like you said, when somebody coughs, I cannot leave the room and somebody because it's winter and everybody is sneezing is coughing so you cannot avoid people yep. all the time you wear a mask it... the whole time no do i need to i know there's people out there that'd be screaming at you going yes you know um it, it's uh i had to wear is, it for yeah. what oh no these just back no, to that but... whole wheelchair thing you know what people will look at me all this kind of thing i mean do you want to wear a mask the whole time where everybody looks at you and you're in a wheelchair and you have a big mask because the masks you need to protect yourself from other people are much more should we say beefy than those little blue ones which help stop you infecting other people you know but if you're just going to be uh made safer you need ones that are of a far higher grade with a better seal and all that kind of stuff you know, yeah but, but but I don't believe the mask will save my health because I'm in a wheelchair. I need to grab the hoops. I need to grab um, the, the the wheels. So um, when the virus is on my hands and I grab the wheelchair, what what good will the mask do for me? I grab oh, yeah, the wheelchair. No, no. But it's, it's it's generally it's transmitted by airborne particles you know so yeah. the the main risk but I'm, I'm not trying to sell you a mask or not i'm just sort of thinking out loud you know because yeah but everything's a trade-off i mean yeah. i think that's the point is you think at, at what point will my quality of life suffer um because of the should we say the mental uh inconvenience versus the mm -hmm. physical one i mean that but i mean that's that's what you're describing We've chatted for 55 minutes, which is lovely. It's, it's an incredible story to hear. But if you were going to sum up, because if somebody else, and this is one of the reasons, is you're so positive, but if somebody else is facing this sort of decline, because it happens at different speeds, you know, mm -hmm. what advice, you know, using your experience and looking back, what, what would you say to somebody to help them sort of Take deal with it better? Take, take your time with your pace. Don't feel forced to use a cane, a crutch, or a wheelchair. Don't be forced because somebody is telling you you need one. If you don't feel ready, it won't do you any good. I I think it's my opinion um, yeah. that you have to take you have to be ready for it uh, mentally. Uh, not physically, but uh, because doctors are telling you when you're physically enabled and you need physically need a um, a cane or a wheelchair, they will tell you, and it's it's good they tell you. But you need they need to understand that people are also need they also need to be ready to um, to use it. Um, for instance, uh, nowadays I still have problems passing a shop where there are mirrors everywhere. I will not look in the mirror. I, 
I will avoid it because I don't like the image in my mind. I am. It's so not Anne. Involved. It's Anne in a wheelchair, isn't it? Oh, if you do that, yeah. yeah. Whereas you can look in the mirror yeah, in the morning and just see. Yeah. When you dream, say sorry. Say yeah, that when, when you I, dream. When I, when I dream, I, I dream. I'm still walking. I in my dreams, right. I'm still walking. I'm not in a wheelchair in my dreams. So it's that's it's, awesome. It's At least you know that you might look forward to the occasional good dream where you're where you're going for a run or walking or whatever. Yeah, it's 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 not um, traumatizing or anything. It's just a normal dream for me. I don't have any problems with it. So it's just a normal dream for me. Um, but you need to be ready because um, people will come to you and ask about the wheelchair, which I want to advise other people not to do. <laughs> Don't anybody. If I other was people pushing are my friend in a wheelchair. And I walked, we walked up and it was, he was going somewhere. You know, I was just the chauffeur essentially pushed him up to this desk. And, um, he asked the person behind the desk, you know, uh, cause we were lost in this hospital. It's really confusing. And they looked up and replied to me. And I just, I just said, don't talk to me. I'm just the chauffeur. And, uh, and they went, oh, and then they started speaking back to my friend, but it was just this instant reaction. Guy in wheelchair yeah. talks to you. Reply to guy yeah. pushing wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so. Or for instance, uh, what's her name? Oh, uh, I <laughs> can answer what you want to. Uh, so it's, oh, it's, you get on well with they, Rebecca Scott. I think the pair of you would um, fix people's attitudes quite quickly. Yeah, yeah it's this third it's, party it's, thing. Uh, it's like you don't exist. You're not in the room. You know. Yeah, you can be talked yeah, about and not do. They treat you in a whole, uh, in a whole different other way. It's they look at you in a different way. Um, but I think nowadays it it has gone better. It, they it's yeah. kind of more accepted. Um, yeah. So that's that's good. Yeah. And that's that's brilliant. That's an excellent way to end this conversation on. We're seconds off. 60 minutes, I think, which is, man, I think most people can't bear listening to me for that long. You're fine, but it's, uh, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. It was really lovely that you contacted me because we were talking back and forth about arranging the interview with, with Professor Bart, and then we got chatting. Yeah. And I said, hey, you got to come on the MS Guide, you know, because, and it was your idea to talk about the sort of losing mobility because I think that's an awesome yeah. thing. So thank, thank you so much. And I would like well, to... Uh invite you back now i'm not sure what for but we can talk about other things yeah oh, are you happy that's with that fine. Never... thank you brilliant all right and thanks so much you have a lovely day i'll come here see you next time bye you betcha